You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I'm your host, Kathy Biasse, and I am a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. Keeping a journal, drinking tea, taking daily walks, and deep breathing are just a few examples of simple routines or rituals that can deliver a major impact, both physically and mentally, over time. And on our show today, we are talking about the power of rituals and what they can exert on our everyday lives with our guest, Dr. Tamara Costello. Tamara Costello is a specialist in Chinese traditional medicine and the CEO of Tamara Costello Clinic, TMC Health, TMC Holistic, and TMC Jewelry. At her clinic, Tamara treats sleep disorders, thyroid disorders, intestine diseases, anxiety, migraines, and hormonal problems, and takes a holistic approach to healing. She is the author of Healing Without Medicine, Eating Without Guilt, and Full Balance, and the highly acclaimed book, The Power of Rituals, Small Habits, Big Changes for Your Well-Being and Health. We talk about, obviously, the power of rituals. We talk about why they can impact our lives, how they can impact our lives, what are some of the most effective rituals you can start with today on this journey to transforming small pieces of your day? And the importance of physical touch on a daily basis. Please stay tuned with us. We will be back in just a few minutes to talk with our guest, Dr. Tamara Costello. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, Hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's show has been pre-recorded. No opportunity for calling in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on those locations. Dr. Costello, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. You're you're going to be a very easy talk to. We've had everybody. I usually <laughs> talk to people before the show just to get a sense of where we're going. And uh, this one's going to be great. It really is going to be great. So we have a, like a, a bird's eye, high level um, sort of intro for you. But, you know, drill down. Tell us about you, your practice, how you incorporate so many different things into what you do. Okay. So, uh, well, um, I have a practice for 15 to 16 years at this moment. Um, I have a big practice because I lead a team uh, with a, a lot of specialists from different areas. I have two clinics in Portugal, one in Lisbon, one in Porto. We are at this moment 36 with a lot of projects and we treat our patients in a holistic way, holistic perspective. 
So normally a patient, when it comes to my office, uh, we, we, we don't treat surgical diseases, of course, uh, but we are a normal doctor's office um, for the other diseases. And normally when they come in, we treat, we are two or three people treat one patient normally. So I have psychologists, I have physiotherapists, I have conventional medicine doctors, I have traditional Chinese medicine doctors. And uh, we are a big crew, and uh, I, I think they like it. <laughs> and uh, the results have been amazing for the past years. And um, what I do, I do traditional Chinese medicine, and I have a master's on integrative oncology, and uh, I do autoimmune disease a lot. That's my private practice, and then I have a big, big crew with, with each of them are um, specialized in the different area. So, yeah, that's pretty much I have two kids and I have two dogs. Oh, that's yeah. a, so busy, busy lady. No, the, <laughs> what attracts me is uh, the the specialty in oncology because, you know, mm. that's kind of my background. It is my background. How do you diversify into the other areas? I mean, that is quite a specialized area. Is it? Yes. Is that it where is. you focus? Mm, yes. I think it was, I did it because it was, um, I, I had so many patients with cancer the past three years. Um, that I felt the need of doing it because um, in the, I, I like to learn a, lo a lot, a lot, and a lot more. I'm a really diversified doctor because I'm completely hyperactive, so I do a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I specialize in oncology and autoimmune, which is a kind of uh, oncology in a way or in the sense that your cells are not um, good for you at, at some point so it's um they are a bit endometriosis like it's a disease that i i treat a lot in in my clinic is really similar to cancer in a way so i think it's uh, kind of the same the same location of disease and that's why i treat and uh, i'm it looks like i do a lot I, I actually do a lot but i've been doing it for so many times so many years so i'm i'm i like the diversity there are some things i don't like like pain it's not my specialty. Uh, like um, insomnia, they are there. I have two specialists in my clinic to do that. I, I like more complicated patterns of disease. That's my focus, I think. Well, when you're working with your patients, hmm. there is sort of an underlying ethos in the way that you're working with them, right? So the commonality yeah. of the intake, um, the the time that you spend with them, the systemic looking of the body. Is that what allows you to be so diversified because there are those huge areas of commonality among disease? Yes, of course, because you see traditional Chinese medicine don't um, don't treat disease the same way as the conventional medicine. Um, they treat disease in the terms of patterns. Um, so it's a bit different. You have the same pattern, but you don't uh, have the same disease in some people because the people are different. And uh, maybe you have the same disease, but different pattern. So actually, I, an I analyze patterns, not diseases. I think that's the big twist. Um, even for you um, or for me, I have my pattern of disease and you have yours. Maybe we develop the same disease or maybe we don't. Um, but the difference is the disease can be a lot of things in traditional Chinese medicine. It's not just one diagnose, one disease, and that's that. Um, you can go from different areas to treat it, which is beautiful in a way because you see the, the body as a whole and you see all of the systems working together as one. And um, and you can see this is not good, this is not good, and you fix the bowel and you fix the stomach and you feel fix the hormones and you fix the sleep and you fix the stress and you and you 
fix the whole body. It's like a workshop, like a auto car garage, <laughs> something like <laughs> this, where you fix all of the parts uh, to make the whole. Um, and I, I tell you, I see a lot of breast cancers where they are adenocarcinomas, whatever they are, but the same cancer normally in different people have different results in terms of, um, of course, the cancer is the same, but uh, normally um, the other symptoms beside the cancer, which is not a symptom, it's a disease, are completely different. And um, and you can have something in traditional Chinese medicine, which is called a differentiation of the patterns, mm-hmm. which is beautiful because it allows you to be really subjective to the patient in front of you, which for me is the clue and the key um, for everything in, in terms of treating disease. And I think the paradigm of medicine has to change because we are we are not diseases, we are people. And uh, people, even with the same diagnosis, shows different kinds of diseases. And that is therein important. is a nugget of hope that is not shown in perhaps other areas of medicine, because, you know, when when we we were doing allopathic medicine, breast cancer is treated, um, standard of care, and the standard of care, the uh, prognosis, all of those things are statistical, uh, if I may say it that way. But when I think, you know, and as I've had so many shows lately about this changing of the guard, about incorporating different ways of treating, that is inclusive of allopathic medicine for sure, Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. also individualizing. And when you really appreciate what you've just said, it means that your diagnosis, your prognosis is individual to you and you can't compare yourself. And it should be because we are not the same persons we are completely different mm-hmm. in a matter of metabolical me- metabolic way and biochemistry we are completely different mm-hmm. of course we are human and we share that but um in terms of the form of the disease we are completely different and and some bec- that's why it's so dif- difficult to find a cure for cancer because it's a lot of different cancers each yeah. cancer is a new cancer because mm-hmm. it's yours or mine so it's just it's so super individualized even the cancer Mm-hmm. You can name it, but it's completely for the person. Is that person's cancer? And um, so it's impossible to be, of course, you have to have guidelines. So I think it's um, difficult for, because, because you have to have some, some boundaries. And, and I think that's the, 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 the things with statistics. But uh, you have to be a better doctor and you have to find your way through the statistics. You understand the patient's point of view and the, um, the point of view of the disease, of course. And um, how how can you help them mm-hmm. and uh, not be completely close to a diagnose, a form of treatment? And um, yeah, I have a lot of patients who actually fight a lot for, for different treatment and they, they actually su- succeed um, because they, they, they um, search and they ask and they find different opinions. And um, I'm completely... The, the the persons the, the the patients that I see in my in my clinic who has cancer um, they always have support of allopathic medicine of course mm-hmm. um, and for me the only way that this is going to work out is if we all work together it's um it's difficult the chemotherapy but it's needed and uh, mm-hmm. sometimes and it's it's you know and uh, if it's completely needed okay just let let us support the patient. And mm-hmm. let us support him to do this. And then when it's finished, let him support him more to build up again and uh, rebuild the immune system and rebuild in a good way, not, mm-hmm. a, not in the way that gets sick in the first time. 
Um, so I think there's a lot to do. And I think it will change eventually because the medicine like this won't work. This is mm -hmm. collapsed and uh, it's not going anywhere. And, and I think as, as people become more educated, um, yes. they're going to be asking. And that's the one thing that, you know, I really pride um, this show on is if, if nothing else, here are some questions or, you know, if, if people have just a bit more knowledge, well, I heard there was this test or that. And once we yeah. start asking, um, it does, it does push the envelope. Now you talked about, so in traditional Chinese medicine within your practice, you talk about patterns. Yeah. And <clears throat> which is kind of leading into where our show is going. I think um, you wrote a, a new book, The Power yeah. of Rituals, <laughs> Small Habits, Big Changes for Your Well-Being and Health. Does this have anything to do with patterns or are they completely separate? No, no, no. You have the, the three basic patterns of biotype. Um, you know that Ayurvedica medicine and traditional Chinese medicine, they are really, really, really old and really like thousands of years. And they have a lot of methodical, me methodical, I don't know if you, see, you say that, but experience, you know, so with a lot of people. So Indians and Chinese, there are a lot of them, uh, which is beautiful because they can share uh, ancient knowledge with us and all of the things that traditional Chinese medicine, because Chinese are very strict when they are learning something and they they are really with a scientific approach other than, than what they tell us. Um, it's like a hoo-hoo, but it's not. It's completely focused and uh, they write a lot and they are super focused in the way they they they, they, they bring the ancient uh, history. And um, actually, because it's the most experimented medicine in the world, because it's a, a lot of thousands of years old. So, you know, <laughs> and um, for me, um, I don't know, in terms of uh, the way you look at the patient, you have the three biotypes. So they def they defined these two ancient medicines, the, the biotypes, which, of course, Ayurvedica is the first uh, medicine. You have three medicines, Ayurvedica, Trinsultanist medicine, and conventional medicine. Um, and uh, actually, they divide because they, they can see the, the, the world and they can see the metabolism. And they can, and they be, because of the time they studied, they can understand you, you have three types of, uh, of metabolism of, of people. And uh, this is really important because, uh, of course, we are all the same, but we have specifics. And we all know the person who eats a lot and it's completely thin. And we all know the person who, do who doesn't eat much, but it's not never, never will be thin. And um, I, I get this example because it's easier to, to do it. And you see the, the, the persons who's always in the whole of, of, of the life they they sleep nine hours a day and you have people who, who since they were babies, they never sleep well. Mm -hmm. And um, you can aggregate with time. You can understand there's our, our three roads for the metabolism, which of course uh, it's, it's a big influence in you, the way you think, because we think with chemicals as well. So everything is connected. You feel anxiety because of chemical, you feel stress because of a chemical. It's not an idea. It's actually a biophysical thing. You can you can measure it. It's biochemistry, and um, the metabolism influences everything. The way you behave, the way you sleep, the way you eat, the way you speak, the way you the way you you have babies, everything. And uh, they they found out you have three three basic metabolisms, which are very important to understand. And if in my book you have that task, 
um, in which you can understand which is yours. Normally you have, you are one and a bit of other, one and a half, I say. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you can understand how your body works, which is super important because we are adults and most of us don't know how our bodies work. Um, and this is a big deal because we live in a body, no? So we have to, to understand it a bit. And uh, this allows you to understand the way your metabolism works, the way your mind works, the way you process food, the way you process emotions, and uh, overall, how can you deal with it and do um, something that is good for you in terms of uh, remaining healthy, which for me is the most important thing on my practice. Mm -hmm. But the rituals then, are they... So you find out your metabolism type or your one and yeah. a half metabolism type. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rituals, are we talking about how much you should exercise, how much you should eat, the type of diet? Yeah, you have, you, have, you have everything like that. You have the food, you have the diet, you have everything, the, the time, the, the hours of sleeping, you have all the specifics, but the rituals, they are to control a bit of your mind because mm -hmm. with that metabolism, um, your mind will be accordingly so. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, anxiety issues, insomnia issues, anger issues, you can connect that with the three biotypes, with the three main biotypes. Uh, even a bit of codependency, you can, you can actually see that in the biotype. Um, and they will explain it why, which is, they are beautiful. The, the, the ancient medicines are really amazing because they actually, one it's, it's amazing to see and then they are very accurate that and, until this point i always say say the story of the of the, the you know the hormone courses of which everybody talks about these days mm -hmm. and uh when you're afraid your amygdala in your brain signals your body and your uh, body starts to pump cortisol to give you a, a bit of response cortisol noradrenaline and adrenaline and uh, the super adrenals they are in the a bit of a, a bit um, over the the kidneys and the traditional Chinese medicine for 3,000 years ago, they called that location the center of fear. And they didn't have CAT scans and MRIs and nothing, but they knew. And um, they are amazing in a lot of things, you know. It's, um, it's beautiful. And with the biotypes, you have to control the way your body um, relaxes, de-stresses. Or, or 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 loses energy. You have a lot of rituals which, which can prevent that kind of behavior of the mind, um, like anxiety, panic, anger, um, all the things that we don't we don't want to feel because they are a bit heavy or fear, um, or all of the emotions of the range of the emotions we feel because some biotypes have more tendency to show anxiety and to show fear to show anger um and with the rituals you can put your body biochemically and emotionally in the position where they can be healthier and not so in the in the sense of losing energy and feeling terrible each day so are the rituals the rituals are associated with the biotypes but are they also transcending to rituals um with respect to disease state well, uh, to disease, that's what you asked me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, it's difficult for me to, because I don't, I don't speak in terms of diseases. Okay. But it's like a pattern. It's impossible. You have a lot of, if you have a person with cancer, 
you know, if you, you, you see in people with cancer, of course, and uh, you see there are people who are totally okay. You have people who are completely terrified and with symptoms of fear. And you have people with extreme anger and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to teach them. It's not only cure the cancer, it's teach them how to stabilize the waves of the brain. Because um, when you're always with anger or always with anxiety, your biochemical it, biochemistry is not equal to a person who is at peace and at ease. It's not the same. Um, and you have to help your patients to put it in a state of mind, um, not threatened, not with a fight or flight response, because this is this is terrible for curing something, anything, uh, much more cancer. So you have to put them in the state of um, center and more peace and with a bit of gratitude as well. And then I think in that sense, uh, rituals are important. Rituals are not something esoterical or religious, not like that. It's just um, know yourself and um, trying to control a bit your uh, emotions off place, you know, mm -hmm. and to put yourself in the position that you are, you can breathe and you can breathe in and out and you, it's not a terrible, uh, terrible way of be of being is like you breathe and you relax and you feel your muscles relax and you're you're making your body feel safe, which is super important when you're fighting something. If you are completely rigid and completely with a lot of adrenaline inside of you, your body is not acting; is it's reacting, which mm -hmm. is terrible because you lose a lot of energy in that, and you need the energy if you're going to chemotherapy, and you're losing energy in, in fear in anger and you're not sleeping well and you're not eating well and everything is off place so it's super important to put your patient not only in the biochemical state of better with food with herbs with a lot of things that we do with acupuncture whatever but it's really important to give your patient some things to do um, in terms of focus connection with themselves um, to to learn how to breathe learn how to relax the body learn how when they are completely strict and rigid in the in the shoulders they can relax themselves and they can outer regulate the emotions which is so very important in difficult diseases no, otherwise how, how 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 can you do it you're just with, with scared one year with chemo you're yeah. you're you're going to be completely broken because fear is a state of of, of uh, uh, different. It's not. It's not supposed to to linger a whole year. It's supposed to be seconds. Mm -hmm. No, you know? absolutely it, right. So it's yeah. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, with you some of the simple rituals that I think you would probably put in place for most people. Everyone will be back okay. in just a couple of minutes. You are listening to the Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back. We are having a great conversation with Dr. Tamara Costello. We are talking, you know, with regards to your new book, Dr. Costello, um, The Power of Rituals. Are there certain ones that, 
certain rituals, simple rituals that you can put in place for everybody? Because really what yes. we're talking <laughs> about is the mind leading the body, right? Is that that that's kind of where we're at. And if we can, if we can quell stress and understand the more knowledge we have, the better. If we can quell our stress by performing certain rituals, this will lead us to a better healthy state. So where would you start with you know, a general path for people to go down? I think it's important. Um, two things that are important. I think two is enough and uh, it will take you about five minutes a day. And I think that's that's cool. If you do it every day, it's perfect. It's 95% more than everybody on earth. So <laughs> um, I think the first thing you have to do when you wake up um, is breathe, to breathe a bit. Mm-hmm. And a bit is about 30 seconds. And normally I say to my patients, okay, you just focus on your breathing uh, without your mouth, only from your nose, in and out. Um, and then you, 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 how can you say that? You can choose a word, a word of, or a vibration for the day. So you're taking a breath and then you're thinking, today I want to feel whatever, or today I want to have the strength of something. And you just keep telling that to your brain. When you just wake up, it has to have, it has to be in that moment of limbo when you're just super dizzy with sleep and then you're breathing and you're just waking up slowly. And in that time, when your conscious mind is not completely awake, you tell your brain what to do and you tell your brain how to feel. And normally the brain will be cool for you and it will be a friend <laughs> during the day. Um, and this actually works with my daughters. I, 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 of course, they do a lot of things that I, I practice. And uh, when they have tests or something which is stressful for them, I just uh, tell him, okay, so tell me which are, okay, you're feeling stressed or are you afraid of, of failing something? So think about the, um, the feeling that will net neutralize that fear. And they say, happiness or they say joy on or they say my my little one say dives in the pool and i said okay mm-hmm. dives in the pool so you you tell yourself tomorrow morning i want to feel like i'm diving in a pool i'm diving in a pool i'm diving in a pool and the stress will go away because it's, it's it sounds ridiculous but the brain laughs at one point and starts to ah, loosen a bit and this really helps people and grown-ups mm-hmm. as well okay and uh, so this is really important. Um, so this is one ritual that I practice every morning. And my kids, when they are stressed with something, normally they use it for stress. I use it for everything. <laughs> um, and it works. It just works with everybody. And it's really cool to understand when you, uh, it's the end of the day and it's like, oh, crazy. I, I had a beautiful day. I, I just, I did it. And I was in my center and it actually worked because your brain is there to serve you. It's not the other way around. We just don't control it which mm-hmm. is terrible. Um, and the other one, I think it's um, at the end of the day, I like, I, I do a lot of rituals, but at the end of the day, um, but for this one, you have to have something you're pursuing, like a dream or a short, short, uh, in, in short people, in short period of, that, of time, not something like in 10 years, something like in one month or two months, something like this. Um, in two months, I want to something. And normally it, it helps when it's not um, 
not uh, money can buy things, <laughs> you know, normally it works when it's something you feel or something you want to feel or something that you want to experience like or accomplish, or, accomplish or accomplished. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then when you're brushing your teeth, you just focus, focused on that. Like all the time, close your eyes, brush, and then think all and repeat, 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 repeat. And um, to put your brain, your cells, your mind, everything connected to that dream or something that you want to profoundly achieve. Does and, it have uh, to be detailed, like really detailed, or can be like I want uh, to? Run. Normally, your brain works with detail. Mm -hmm. If you're just really focused in the detail, uh, my 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 elder one normally writes things amazing for that moment. That <laughs> just I laugh. She is so detailed, which is and then it works, you know, because it's like you're. If you're more detailed, then normally you're going to pursue it in a um, different way. If you're just a bit opened, it's not because you don't have the feeling of accomplishment so much. You just, if it's just super detailed, you just accomplish it. It's like you nailed it. Mm -hmm. But if it's a bit uh, opened, it's not the same feeling. It works, but it's it's supposed to, and it's also um, an exercise for you to understand what you want. Which yeah. is really important. <laughs> An exercise of focus, you know, uh, yeah. being able to and, focus. And what do I like? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. a lot of people... Sometimes that's a hard focus. thing to, to hone in on. Yeah, but you have to know, even if it's one thing, what makes me smile? What makes me truly happy? What? Yeah, and, you know, for a lot of people, if you said, okay, I want you to tonight come home and really focus on something that you want and drill yeah. down, that, that in and of itself could be... <laughs> Boy, I'd like to have no, something that, that I could drill down to, you know, and then yeah, it, yeah, that yeah, could be yeah. very difficult. It's an exercise and it, it sounds is. super, super easy, but it's a nightmare sometimes. Yeah, it can because be. It's like, yeah, but you have to know yourself the way you have to know your body. You have to know your mind and you have to know because how can you regulate yourself if you mm -hmm. don't even know what makes you happy? And it's not like, oh, my children in my house. Not yeah. Like Exactly. That that is a common place. It's just mm -hmm. it's not. It has to vibrate. It's like ah. When when I have life. when I tell people like uh, to journal, for instance, uh -huh. um, it's it's I start off with write down three things. It doesn't have to be huge because if you keep doing this, it will become it will easier come. and easier. Yes. And and people don't get that until they do it. It's like okay, so. Be thankful that it's a sunny day. Be thankful that your coffee is hot. Like, and then just keep going from there. So, you know, all these things are practices. And I think people, yes. you know, to develop these rituals, there's an aspect of patience that I think needs to be spoken about too. But one of the things that I don't want to let the show go by without speaking about is you stress the importance of physical touch with healing, yeah. with disease. Um, years ago, I did a show, a woman wrote a book about the importance of touch and how it affects brain waves. And it's, um, this is not just something out there. This is science. So oh, why, yeah. do you, why do you <laughs> stress it? What, what, in what context are you stressing physical touch? In, in terms of disease? Mm -hmm. Of course, because when you are, when your body or your mind, um, are unwell, you got, your body is like, it wants to put you better. And it's really stressful for the body and the mind and the cells. They are just pushing 
to to make you feel better and to make you better and to to put you pain free whatever pain in terms of emotions or, or physical it's not important uh, and you get to a point which I was talking about later um, earlier in the show uh, which is like you're in the fight or flight response so all of your body is really reactive to everything which is a terrible place to be because it's a bit toxic with a lot of adrenaline in your system and cortisol. And um, it affects a lot of your well-being, your digestive functions, your eye vision. <laughs> it affects your brain waves. And um, physical touch releases something which is beautiful, which is called oxytocin, um, which you have when you're delivering babies in labor and um, you're, you're use oxytocin to produce milk for the babies. And um, it's a beautiful love hormone, which you can release it through touch and actually lowers the cortisol, relaxes the body and refreshes your immune system. Mm -hmm. So physical touch is mandatory for everybody, even if you're not sick, mm -hmm. because it's a regulated hormone. It will regulate you, regulate your emotions. So sometimes when somebody is having a panic attack or an anxiety attack, the best thing you can do is just hold him, mm -hmm. touch him. D don't speak. Speak is just terrible. Speak is just stupid because uh, your brain is not processing words. Mm -hmm. um, you're not in that state. But if you just hold a person, not even if you just touch in the in the back or in the hands, if you just do that for 20 minutes, the panic attack will go away. The anxiety will drop. Mm -hmm. I, I will assure you, you have a lot of studies on this. Yeah, there's a lot because, of science. They've done brain. Yeah, waves, I think. so yeah. you you just have to shut up and touch it. No, your book was published July 2022. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I've never written a book. I, I know some people take years to write a book. But this that, was published during the, oh, this is your fourth book, I know, but this was published <laughs> yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about the power of touch and all the people that were isolated. That um, was terrible human movement. <laughs> that was terribly, terribly, terribly. I don't have the word. It's so mm -hmm. devastating for humanity. Were, did you write this, complete this and publish this? In the pandemic, was this was yes, this an impetus? Yes, I, I, of... I started. Yeah, yeah, I started to write it actually one month before before the pandemic. The pandemic starts in here in Portugal. It was the twentieth of February. I was on vacation with my family, and um, the, the 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 COVID uh, begins in Portugal in the sixteenth of March. Okay. So three weeks in my book, <laughs> the pandemic came, and I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> It was because I, I already knew what I was going to write about, and I was like, "Jesus, this makes sense." And and it was, it was until two years later that I said, "Oh my God, this is a disaster." Um, in a lot of ways, because you still see, and I see every day in my practice, um, a lot of people who are totally affected with the pandemic in a lot of ways. And um, the first thing is because they were lonely as mm -hmm. hell. And uh, they were completely alone with nobody to touch them and nobody to, to hold them and to, to, feel, to, to make them feel they are here and they belong because we are a tribe and a group. We are not supposed to be alone. We are supposed to um, be together. And um, 
and we are not done because a lot of people are still in in, in at home in the hybrid way of working which for me is terrible mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. people should be should be going to work speak with the co-workers drink a tea and go and have lunch and have a bit of fun and laugh and talk about stupidities which is really important mm-hmm. <laughs> to maintain health and um, beyond that the immune system likes to be in the tribe because you can exchange um microbiome and exchange bacteria which is so important and we see uh, as we are talking about um, a few minutes ago with the allergies and with a lot of uh, flus that are completely aggressive at this moment because we are alone we don't we don't do the thing that we are supposed to do which is be in the group um, we are metabolically and and genetically fit to that we are supposed to be in the group not alone we learn from groups learn the immune system the brain waves everything learn with the group so without the group and without the touch we lose a lot of things and we lose our health when people have the feedback obviously has been really good on your book um yes i cannot yeah. complain thank you <laughs> it, it must be emotional for some people to read um it is and yeah. i have a lot of and i receive a lot of things beautiful and, and yeah i'm super i'm really grateful you know it's just yeah <laughs> and i'm a cancer i'm always crying so it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> and and your other books is this a really um a far move from the other books that you've written or do you find yeah you know- i always i always well my, my published my published always said to me oh my god when you send me a few chapters i don't know i never know what to expect <laughs> well yeah like- because like eating without yeah. guilt that's not even something that we've talked about yeah, um yeah i do what yeah, I do, uh, yeah I, i'm crazy it's just yeah and now i'm reading and I'm, i'm writing my fifth book actually and i just sent three chapters to to sophia which is my published and I love her we are so we are she's a big she's really important to me and to write my books she helps me tremendously and um and she was like oh my god what did you write in caps lock <laughs> so you're starting already just published and yeah. you're starting another one so you cannot pu- I, i cannot stop i'm just i'm terrible Oh, terrible. That it's a no, wow. terrible in a way. People you know, know that listen like, to the show, anybody any authors that I have, I'm just so mesmerized with how you can create. And this yeah, is what you're Yeah, but it's like an addiction, you know. Yeah. Well, you still have to have the knowledge about ba- the basis yes, behind, right? And of the, course No, and, and I think it's an addiction to to actually to learn because mm-hmm. when I write books, I learn it's like a crash course. It's like I learn a lot from me from the subject subject and I, I i investigate a lot and for me it's beautiful oh, that's like, lovely I, it's uh, yeah it's it's you're you're blessed to have that ability yes i am i i'm super blessed and since mm-hmm. i was a kid i know what i wanted to do so i'm just I'm, yeah do you see people um outside uh, online i guess is the best yeah, way yeah, to do yeah we it. have a lot we have a lot of online patients so you see people worldwide oh yeah Every, yeah since covid i we were we are like 50% online mm-hmm. before covid now it's double oh really so you yeah. most of your patients are online still <laughs> not um, most but 30% 30% well you know in some in some way shape or form you know for for seeing people outside of of your your town this is wonderful and this is you, you know one of maybe the knee jerk good things that has happened uh throughout yes. the pandemic for sure um and you're still taking patients so let let me know like where where can we find your books and and how can oh, people get in touch with you and amazon 
the easier way. And um, in touch with me in my Instagram or in my website, I can send you the details. And then, uh, yeah, it's like tamara-castello.com. And then Instagram is tamara at double underscore castello. Oh, the, and now you have something called tamarismo. Yes. They're, they're the, the con. What is that? I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to end it's up okay. on the show with it's, that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a movement that I created. It's crazy. It started with a with a with a joke, actually, and now it's a huge thing. <laughs> what is it? It's, it's named yeah, it's after you, obviously. <laughs> yes, of course. It's my friends. They they just they, they are just crazy because I'm I'm super strict with food and everything. And they in my uh. 30, 32 year when I did thirty two, it was a lot of, a long time ago. And they made T-shirts with, uh, like, you're practicing a cult. And they were, like, Tamarismo all over the place. And then it's, oh, okay. like, and now we have, um, actually have an, uh, uh, we are building an association for helping women uh, with the Tamarismo. And we do, like, challenges, four to five challenges, challenges a year when we do um, online uh, with with the people. Normally, they are five hundred to seven hundred at in which in each time, and uh, we do food, we do rituals, we do exercises. It's a beautiful path and journey. Two weeks. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it is beautiful, and some yeah. of the money reverts to the the association to help women. And that's on your website. Yeah. Perfect. Wonderful. I really want to thank you for being with us today. You're a joy to talk to and uh, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.